welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 71 for January 7th, 2020. Happy New Year! And welcome to a new decade in rallying. In this episode, we chat with co-driver Mitch Meadows of Melee Design Firm. Many of you probably have heard of Mitch if you follow anything on social media because not only is he a co-driver for Karen Jankowski of Jankowski Motorsports and the Dodge Caliber, uh, most of you out west would know that, but you'd know that Mitch has become this major contributor and influencer when it comes to North American rallying with Melee Design Firm, who's been doing these custom battery things uh, for rallies and other types of motorsports. So kick back, grab a drink. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and with me once again, now recovered from his near-terminal case of man flu, is my co-host, a man whose Alexa will only play the Rallycast podcast. Yes, it is the one and only Ian Holmes. Welcome back, Ian. Been a long time, buddy. Well, I, yeah. Happy New Year to you. And uh, sorry I missed Merry Christmas. But uh, yes, I got a, a Alex, uh, one of those Amazon Alexa things for Christmas. And it does. It only play well, only plays rally podcasts. I mean, it's like I only, I only listen to three podcasts anyway. I'll listen to this one when whenever I'm not on it. But which so just got to say by the way those podcasts with uh, martin brady and um alex kirani Kir- top notch they were excellent really enjoyed those well i had two co-drivers on without you though it just yeah it was, it, it, it was, it was kind of lacking well yeah i felt really bad about that i mean the martin brady one was down to the time time zone and uh, the alex kirani one yeah well i i would have been on mute all the time coughing and spluttering and uh, and sneezing and stuff like that, but yeah, I, I, I went, I got got me Alexa for Christmas, and I plugged it in, set it up, and everything. I'm going, Alexa, play Open Paddock Rallycast. It plays it straight away. I'm going, Alexa, play Absolute Rally. Plays it straight away. Now I only listen to one other podcast, and that's the Marcus Pie podcast, which is about historic motor racing. And uh, I go, Alexa, play the Marcus Pie podcast, and Alexa says, I can't find Marcus Pie. <laughs> so, Ale- so Ale- apparently it's very rally specific <laughs> so alexa is rally specific i'm liking this i'm liking this <laughs> uh, true story true story it really is awesome awesome well we'll uh talk more about christmas gifts and uh things coming up in rallying but first we want to get our guest on so we'll be right back right after i open my beer well, welcome back, and as I said in our intro, we have with us special guest Mitch Meadows of Melee Design Firm. Mitch, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast, bud! Hey, thanks. This is quite an honor. Hey, your first guest of 2020, a brand new decade. So, you know, that's high honors, bud. Yeah, I, I like starting it off with a bang. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, starting it off with a bang. Man, I, I gotta ask you, you know, this is your first time on the show, we do this kind of with everybody, but... You seem to just explode onto the rallying scene here. How did you find out about rally and get involved with it from the very beginning? Because you went from, honestly, this is this is how I met Mitch, is I'm organizing Oregon Trail Rally, and uh, we have the press stage, of which I'm the one that runs the press stage. And all of a sudden, I have these different teams that are saying, um, guest rider, right? Uh, they're, they're allowed to have a guest. And four, five different teams say, Mitch Meadows is going to ride with me. <laughs> <laughs> like who the hell is this guy? 
So how did it all start, man? Well, I mean, I've always been a fan of Rally from literally being a little kid, uh, from watching Colin McRae. Um, yeah, and but never really, I think the barrier for entry for me into this sport, like physically, other than like watching from afar, you know, internet, TV, YouTube, that kind of thing, was just the fear of, you know, not really knowing how to get involved, even though we have amazing events in our own backyard. I mean, Portland-based. So, I mean, OTRs right here, you know, um, Tour de Forest and Olympus aren't really all that far. Uh, even Idaho's event isn't really that, that much of a toe, but just never really took that leap. And fast forward to 2018, um, and I meet formally uh, Karen Jankowski and Don Jankowski and at a Big Northwest, a big Subaru enthusiast thing where we're uh, doing a, a company event. And that really was like my first immersion in like personal contact with the sport. Um, we ended up uh, sponsoring Karen uh, as a co-driver and then as a driver um, at, from that initial meeting and and then she essentially drug me headfirst into the motorsports uh, a year later. She has a knack so. for that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's been a pretty crazy ride, literally and figuratively. Um, but it, it's just it's a blast. Things happen so fast at times. I feel that you don't really get to to digest them or even process them at times, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense for those that are familiar with rally. Um, and I guess just life in general, but I mean, it, it really holds true. I mean, there's just so much stuff has happened so fast uh, with my involvement in it directly. It's kind of boggling um, and you don't really get to even appreciate it until you sit down and slow yourself for a second and kind of process. So is that how Melee Design Firm got connected with Rally was being at Big Northwest and uh, meeting up with Karen? Correct. Um I had some initial product design ideas that were going to be marketed that way anyway, just because of my natural love towards it. But never did I have any idea that we would jump to the scale that we're at so quickly. It was not an intended market, uh, believe it or not. Um, we kind of got our start as a company solving a, a very important problem in, in the Subaru motorsports world, specifically with folks having like tuner cars uh, in Subaru. Um, and then meeting Karen and then also having these ideas brewing for, hey, one day, I mean, when we met, the company was three months old for, for perspective. Um, and we're only, you know, almost two years old now. So we're still in our infant stages. Um, but the, the, the bringing it into Rally, I always knew that I wanted a product that I could, or multiple products I could test in the most extreme motorsports environment. But I just didn't know exactly when or how that was going to work, but fate has it that it, you know, we jumped headfirst into that realm with some of our partnerships that I'll talk about later in the show, and, and it just, it's just been crazy, you know? So I, I thought, with all, because with you, that you've got all these uh, products for, for, for cars, rally cars are out there, I'm thinking you must have some kind of, like, engineering background, but then you don't really, do you? I mean, you're, you're... no, not at all. <laughs> so how how the how how is somebody somebody in the medical profession <laughs> working with um, like um, car parts? So the tie with me in motorsports is I've been 
uh, a grassroots autocrosser and hill climb racer for a long time and always like since high school always owned and modified uh, a performance car of some variant i can never leave anything alone and so i've always been in that market from an enthusiast standpoint and i i'm a firm believer that everything kind of happens for a reason in life um in my current career path in medicine uh primary goal is to solve problems uh in the or and so taking those general concepts to product design and then implementation i would have never guessed but they seem they they, they just translate directly um so having a firm hold in multiple markets multiple manufacturer markets for for product need and problems i'm able to recognize those uh or so i i've been successful at it so far um and then you know solve those problems you know i'm going to jump in here and say having a wife that also deals in the medical industry and uh being around the or you pretty much work on the human body like a car uh it's yeah. not gentle <laughs> um, <laughs> there's lots of bolts and screws and yeah so actually i can see the connection here man yeah I, originally i didn't <laughs> uh, um but i mean it's kind of comedic the the ties between operating on someone and then also wrenching on your own or someone else's car uh, there's a lot of ironic crossover, um, but I think that's a guiding principle for the company too. Believe it or not, is just that if we can, if I can do it and do it safely and have a repeated outcome in an operating room setting, I like to take those same principles into business with me, and it's worked exceptionally well. I mean, other than creating a a second full time plus job, uh, yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, it, it's been kind of that that's been the wild side of you know juggling those things i feel so tell us about melee design firm and i guess you want to give us an overview of that uh, you we can talk about yeah. your your partners i think a little bit later but uh i mean again you guys have been just bang on the scene so quickly uh with all kinds of neat stuff yeah i mean we got our start in winter of 2017 um Believe it or not, I tried to give the initial product idea away to who is now a competitor of ours. I wasn't in the mindset of owning or starting a business. Uh, I had I recognized a product need and called up this this large competitor and said, "Hey, here's a great idea. You guys should start making this, so I don't have to go to like a little weld or fabrication shop and have one made because I just wanted one of these uh, specialty battery mounts that we are so well known for now." wanted it in my own personal uh, car that I, I was tracking. And they kind of just told me that's kind of a stupid idea. We don't think it's going to work. And it lit enough of enough fire under my butt that I started my own company. I mean, I have a few really close friends that are engineers. So immediately called them up and started talking ideas and sort of doing some market research to see what competitors or folks that have made battery mounts in the past, uh, where they were, are they still around, where did they fail, and took all of that data to the design table, and four months later, we started the company. I mean, I was really nervous about it, but then I said, eh, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, we have some time and money wrapped into it, and if it fails, that's all right, I've got a full-time career. And we sold our first uh, initial batch out in under 24 hours, and then that just started all sorts of weird messages and stumbling onto, you know, um, other markets. And it's just been, it's been, I don't know, I keep saying it, but it really has just been crazy. I'm kind of humbled to be here and talk about it. Uh, 
it's an honor to to do something. It's scary at the same time, you know, putting your name and your brand on something that a lot of folks, if they don't know much about the engineering side of this, if we get these wrong and given the extreme uses that they're in, we could have potential fatalities on our hand um, that could be sourced back to us, you know? So it's very important to get that design right and not cut any corners and just keep quality as high as possible. How did the Melee name come around? Interesting. Um, it's the combination. If you, When folks look at the logo, uh, it's heavily laden in, with Subaru, um, that literally the innards of a Subaru motor, the flat four. Um, the first two letters, M-E, are the first two letters of my last name. Uh-huh, and then the L. Yep, the L-E uh, were the first two letters of my initial business partner. We don't have any business partners at this point. Um, it's been an interesting thing to figure out, you know, when you go in after a dream, who who's going to keep up with you and who just is, you know, for whatever reason, that's just not going to work out for them. So. Uh, but we, we kept that just because... There's a lot of time and effort that went into the design of that of that that name, and uh, we animated the image even, which looks pretty cool. I'll have to share that at some point. Uh, just kind of, and, and we did it to the sound of uh, the the shop car, our current STI. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so it, it looks good, but yeah, that's kind of where it came from. Um, just the, the the blending of two last names and uh, some of my crazy ideas that we brought to life. So, how do you have an approximate? count of how many units you guys have sold already because like i said it's it's exploded yeah we uh are we qc each and every product um and that wasn't as great as it is for an enthusiast to receive uh, an individualized product number Uh, i did it more from an or standpoint where you know if we were to ever have a batch failure i want to be able to track it and so we're in we've just made a little over 1500 of these mounts so far and sent them literally all over the globe um, at this point. So, and we're still learning about marketing and, and uh, it, you know, making things a little bit more efficient. We're extremely small in that realm so far. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we still need to make and problems we need to solve. And so this is, I really think, just the beginning of all of it for us. And then the other side that we've started to see coming out of Melee is the media side of it um so you're talking about getting to know marketing well you guys seem to be all over the place now uh i don't know if i've seen anybody any anybody in our industry that's been so quick to get on you know social media and sharing information and and supporting just anybody in the sport whether they've got your product or not you guys this melee media side you guys have really become quite the promotional platform too yeah, that's a fun topic because, again, that was kind of like one of these crossroads where I didn't see that opportunity coming, right? Like, we just got so immersed so quickly in making product and solving a need that the further I went into Rally itself, going from, you know, casual observer to, like, legitimate physical spectator to team sponsor, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, a m- multiple team sponsor and and then competitor in the sport... Uh, I, I really I got to look at how things were being shared or not and immediately recognized that there was I just didn't think anybody was telling the story that I witnessed in rally uh, very well. And 
it was just kind of a no-brainer. We're like, we've got to, we've got to address this. It's, we, and it gave us a good opportunity just to branch out and show just how like genuine or hoping that, you know, that folks pick up that we are just genuine about the motorsport and growing its awareness. Cause I think it's something that's always been uh, critiqued and battled. A lot of folks say, oh, rally in the U.S. It's, it's, or in North America, it's just so small compared to Europe. Um, and, and having a little bit of competitor experience now, I can understand why it is. It's really hard to tell the damn story. Um, you know, you, you can't get media easily. It's not like you show up at a racetrack and put your butt on a, a, a stand and watch everybody go in circles or you can see part of the track. I mean, you really have to put in a lot of planning and effort to see multiple stages and and even then, you know, and, and then the weather too. I mean, you race in any weather condition. So, um, it's yeah, an adventurous but, sport for sure. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have to be committed. I mean, it, it my media team tells me that, and they, these guys are seasoned, like in terms of coming from different disciplines in media to do this for, for the company and for the idea of just promoting and growing the sport. They say it's the hardest thing they've ever done with their equipment, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Sport just beats the living hell out of our cameras, out of our, our, our uh, recorders, the whole the whole nine, and and the people too. I mean that that rally hangover, whether you're spectating or part of it, or somehow oddly in the mix in between, it really uh, it really kicks your butt. And don't don't forget, you have a rally hangover if your event is cancelled as well, and that's even worse. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but then so um let's let's talk about that your now we now we're talking about the competition let's talk about your your move into uh, into into the car uh what what prompted you to make the uh, decision to get into the uh, the right hand seat was it just a natural flow but like you said you've been keen on rally ever since you ever since you were a child and and incidentally i've just got to say that this is what makes me feel really old when people <laughs> when people say that they've been in they've been into rally because of Colin McRae well yeah. you know, I can remember his dad Jimmy <laughs> competing in the UK so but uh, so how did you what was what was the decision what made you make the decision to hop into the uh, into the right hand seat there I think it was a um... A lot of pull, I mean, realizing that this is the dream. And when, when somebody like Karen Jankowski says, hey, I got this crazy idea. And here I use that same word again, crazy. But I mean, it's really like the underlying theme of my uh, exposure into this sport. She she says, hey, what do you feel? About, how do you feel about becoming a co-driver? And I felt kind of blindsided at the time. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, I don't know if it's the typical male thing where we can't multitask. Um I'm very linear in my approach to everything. So having a full-time career, having a now two small startups that are pretty demanding, um, I just feel pretty overwhelmed. And then you get an op- you know, get an, an ask like that. And I mean, the light bulb obviously went on. I was like, well, oh, holy shit, this is, this is real. Like, you know, there's no strings attached. It's just, hey, do you want to try this? And if you do, you know, you're going to be getting training from one of the best in the country. So it was just that was a logical step. I said, "Yeah, let's let's do it." I mean, I can, knowing that I have a good training background uh, and a good trainer, I what's what's the harm? And so, yeah, I just jumped in head first and 
and uh, really haven't looked back. But mm-hmm. also, it's weird when you bring it up, only because, like, the attrition rate I found out, or so I've been told, is that, you know, 50% of folks that try rally, like, after their second event, they never come back. Mm-hmm. So I've that's just always in the back of my mind. I have two rallies under my belt, two successful rallies. We finish both, and uh, but, it, I mean... I'm just committed and yeah, it's, it's, uh, I still haven't even processed all of it. I mean, there, there's times when you're in that seat, um, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, what the hell am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so overwhelming at times. And, you know, um, both the events under my belt were not, they were not easy events I've been told. So I guess that's great. Yeah. Where where was your first, event then uh, refresh the, my memory yeah merit british columbia uh pacific forest rally that was uh, my first event was an international event so i guess you know if you're jumping in there's no better way right, to do it yeah. than in a, in a in another country and uh what a beautiful place um i love the history of that event i i love the people in that country um but holy hell was that overwhelming mm-hmm. um you know, from a two-day recce and writing your own notes, um, even with, I had a fair amount of training going into that event, multiple team training days. Um, again, you have somebody like Karen showing you all of the ropes and can answer every question or even your perceived questions. But she she was also very honest. She's like, it doesn't matter how well you prepare. Like, you just have to jump in, but you're going to be surprised. You're going to be overwhelmed. And I still remember her 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 words. She she tells me every single time we get in that car, whether it be a test day or a rally, just remember to breathe and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> breathe and have fun. I love it. Yep, yep. Because she probably sees me like biting my lip or about ready to pass out just with stress or, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pacific Force Rally was our first, and they they told us, oh, the weather could be good, it could be bad, and it turned out to be awful. Um, <laughs> we were racing. <laughs> blizzard conditions at times um the media team and what we pulled from and there's some stuff we haven't shared yet from the in car but we will eventually uh it was like the first night and so my first stages just for i guess perspective too uh, now that i get to digest this a little bit on the show is they were night stages (laughs) so first rally ever in another country the weather goes to absolute shit and you're doing night stages Mm -hmm. um and blizzard conditions too. So, so, um, so give, give us actually the full visual here, even though it's you know obviously it's audio only, it's a podcast. But you're strapped in, you're strapped coming, in, you're rolling up to what I guess the first would be the ATC for that first stage, right? Yep. And then you're going to the start line. It's dusk at this point in time. Um, we, I have, I felt pretty tired just because. I was really bad with time management, I feel, initially, because you've got two days of recce, including, so that last day is the morning of the race day. So you're still, like, writing notes and cleaning stuff up that you're going to use later on. So that just added a weird element of stress. It's dusk, strapped in, got everything checked, uh, and lo and behold, we have comms issues with my helmet, um, which added a very fun variable of... uh, yeah, just a very fun variable to the whole mix. Like if I moved wrong, we'd potentially lose calm. So that made me feel uncomfortably stiff in the car, as folks could imagine. 
um, which we later fixed. We we just swapped out helmets, but that talk about like something that you one of the main things you don't want to have ever happen. I think in the car is where you can't hear your co-driver. <laughs> yeah, especially with the conditions. Especially with that. I mean, I'll tell you something a little bit once I try to paint this picture a little bit better um, of what like one of the pro teams, uh, you know, Sam and Krista told me at the end of the rally um, to put it into perspective. But uh, so we get through our first couple of stages. Now it's dark. Um, the snow, there was snow on the ground, um, some ice in places. Um, but there was, I mean, it was, it seemed fine. Like we, we got through it pretty decently and start the first of the night stages, like the official night stages and uh, blizzard just hits. So I remember starting and us trying to toggle on and off the fog lights and with the angle at which the snow was coming down, um, it seriously felt like an opening scene of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and being a new co-driver, uh, I was looking up for assurance, which I'm sure some folks can relate to, like because you have no idea really where you're at in the notes. So you're like, shit, I hope I can see a key, you know, landmark or something, you know, which you can't. I don't know why I was thinking any of that. <laughs> and so for extra comfort, you look up and you see the opening scene of Star Wars. And that was one of those real moments in the beginning where I'm like, what in God's name I signed <laughs> off for? Like, Love it. I, I'd like to say that I've done some silly stuff and, and pushed the boundaries, you know, for myself physically and mentally, but nothing, nothing's ever compared to that. Nor have I readily and voluntarily come back for more. It's weird. I can't quite explain it. It's like this. And the people that you meet in this process that are doing this, supporting this, promoting it. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's because we really are going out there doing stupid stuff and almost coming close to death at times. Like really a couple bad turns and you could have a really bad wreck or something worse. I mean, being brutally honest. Um, but you, I, I, some folks were asking, you know, Hey, you know, why do you do that? Do you have time to think about life and death when you're in the car? Oh, hell no. I'm thinking about what's next and how are we going to mm-hmm. do and safe like that's all you have time to process you have no extra energy uh to be like oh hey i'm you know that's a 50 foot or 100 foot exposure or man those trees are coming up quick or <laughs> <laughs> like a pfr oh shit there's some cows on the road we hit yeah. one of them not mm-hmm. bad but we were able to slow down just enough but you don't have those in the notes um, you get a warning, but you don't well, actually know. there is a, a note call for those it's called moving bovine chicane I like that. <laughs> we, uh, We've had those uh, at OTR, unfortunately, in the past. <laughs> we we ran into one of those moving chicanes, uh, luckily not causing any injury. But, I mean, that was, I don't know where else you get that experience, you know. So it's full dark, Star Wars conditions. Um, but, you know, you finish that first day and... I'm, I'm guessing you're just worried as hell about the times and make sure you got your uh, time card right. But uh, oh, it sounds like it went yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I finished that entire rally with zero time card errors, which apparently is pretty rare. Um, it's funny, stage to stage, you don't have any time to think about it. But I guess when I'm under stress, at least I can uh, I can do my math correctly, which ties in pretty closely to what I have to do in the OR mm-hmm. anyway. So. I felt pretty comfortable with some of that stuff, um, but it was just, it was really stressful. I mean, being, I guess, sleep deprived because you're stressed out and your diet's not necessarily 100% dialed in. You're learning, you know, like 
what what should I be doing? What shouldn't I be doing? Oh, I got to remember to eat and hydrate on top of all that. Uh, and then, oh, I have an entire day left. Like, we're not even close to being done. We just survived, you know, the first half. And that second half turned out to be quite bad for a lot of teams. I mean, uh, the Helmer stage had a 33% attrition rate for that rally. Um, and they weren't able to, to come back. Like, they were done. And some had some pretty severe offs. I mean, the Millers wiped out their car. It's done. They're building a new one. Um, so you have to process all of that, too. Yeah, so let's, let's take, a, take a, a step back a moment, because you were... You were you were rolling along there like you're on stage, and I'm thinking, well, I'm no, sorry. Stop, I need to get in." There. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. But no, so so you you did you did mention there right right at the start of this story. We're talking about you were making you were making your own notes. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, I when I mean, I've only been like co-driving five years. I still consider myself a a beginner, and I started with Jemba, and it, it's only now in the past couple of years that I've got on to writing my own notes but you were thrown in right at the deep end there to make to make your own notes and yep. so so i suppose if you didn't know any better it wouldn't be any any more difficult or what or was just the simple fact of making these notes that your driver depends on the kind of thing that like makes you think oh my god what the hell am i doing yeah when you actually look at any kind of notes, whether it's the old Jemba style stuff or you writing your own, it is learning an entirely new language. Um, there's still some little nuances that I, I don't get that I, I'm like a sponge, I think. And, you know, you've got a whole new lease on life coming into rally. So I watch a lot of uh, in car from other teams, some being actual direct competitors of ours and others, you know, out of a class and, you know, limited and open four wheel drive just to see how they communicate. Um, and that's when I realized that the best of the best never even look up to see where that they can feel the corners that they're in, in the transitions a lot of times. Um, and they read so, so fluidly, but they also are writing their own notes. So, yeah. um, that's something that kind of wigs me out, but I guess that's just because of my, pure inexperience and lack of seat time in that position yeah i, I envy um, those guys that say that they can feel feel the corners you know they can feel it in their butt as they go around the corner exactly and be relative because I, I, I can't i can't really feel that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i I've, uh, i i i like and stage stage pace notes just to like learning a script like I'm an actor because I used to do a lot of acting back in the day. Amateur stage acting. So I I look as the notes to a stage as as like a script to a play, and I try to have to learn it like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know how. I guess yeah. Again, complete lack of experience. I'm just always worried. Like, what happens if you're in a string of corners, bat right to mm -hmm. left, right to left, back and forth? Sure. You, even if you're you could feel it. How the hell do you know it's actually the right set? Yeah, you know? been there, done that. I mean, I had that, <laughs> I had the exact problem at Ojibwe this year on on the Otterkill stage. It, it it has a rhythm and it's left, right, left, right. And if you don't have every single bit of note in there, you know, if, if, um, 
I need left 50, right 50, left 75, right 75, left 50, right 50. If I don't have that distance in there, if I'm, to, if I'm just reading left, right, left, right, left, right, I don't know where I am, but if I've got left 50, right 50, left 75, at least uh, I can tell the difference between a 50 yard and a 75 yard so I can get a better idea of where I am. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, that just, it makes me worried because, you know, I don't want to be the reason we have a, a an issue or a major off, but I yeah. am, whether I like it or not, the single largest risk factor in that car being new. Um, you know, Karen's got more experience than I know what to do with. Um, mm -hmm. So does our, our, our crew chief. Yeah. Um, and I'm, it's crazy how expedited the learning curve is. Um, but I, I, I feel really fortunate to be able to ask all of these questions and have them as a, a resource mm -hmm. because I, I guess I am in a privileged position to, to learn just at a, a faster rate. Um, and even then it's still the, the gaps. It's, it's crazy what you know you need to work on. Um, there was a probably an, in retrospect, there was probably a good 30 to 40% of that race at Pacific Forest Rally that I probably didn't talk. As crazy as that may sound mm -hmm. uh, to, to listeners or to experienced folks, it was just like that much overwhelming or just simply being off. Uh, when you're on pace based on your driver's uh, speeds and things of that nature, I uh, my first event, I struggled with that, you know. Either A, we're, you know, we're going too fast, and then B, mm -hmm. oh, shit, I'm lost because I, I can't see, or, you know, all those odd things. Um, and then having that translate in your microphone to your to your teammate, I mean, they pick up mm -hmm. on that anyway. If you sound oh, like yeah. you're about ready to shit your pants, eh, that might not be the most confidence-inspiring mm -hmm. for your driver. Oh, no, I, I agree entirely. I've been, yeah, I've noticed that when I'm not calling with confidence, the driver... Scott, who I run with now, he's he's not. I can feel that he's not pushing it as hard yep. as he would do. As if, and I can feel a difference to when I'm confident and he believes in me, as to when I'm not quite there and he's thinking, hey, he's not quite right, you know. So there is, there's a big difference, and the confidence in what you say makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely, and I I know that that translates both ways in the car, which. Again, it just it draws to the uniqueness of the motorsport. It's a, mm -hmm. you're racing in environments that you can't necessarily remember entirely, even if you've got a photographic memory, mm -hmm. um, and you're not going to set the fastest times without that team effort. Uh, it's I, really it's unlike any dynamic that I know of, um, even outside of motorsports. It's just it's so unique. Um, so that yeah, I mean that was uh, quite the experience for all of that. Um, well, in some ways, the co-driver is is the throttle, right? Just how you communicate yeah. and the pace you communicate at is controlling that pace. Exactly. Yep. And uh, you know, again, I, I've got a, a really good mentor and teacher in Karen. That's just seat time. You know, she and she expresses it. You'll get better. You just gotta stick with it. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think. Oh, go yeah. ahead. I was say, now, there's one accomplishment that you've had, uh, obviously not probably your best, but uh, one that Ian has not, and, and it will happen. It happens to everybody in rallies. Shh. But... <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> you have rolled. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that won't leave me. Um, we rolled in training. 
we'd been running the roads uh, for hours. And, uh, you know, just that was just what was meant to happen. It wasn't uh, anyone's fault. We just couldn't catch it when it slipped. And we were, you know, we were on some interesting uh, surface. And boy, that was uh, quite the, it's on a Sunday, right? So I, I work Monday through Thursday in, in the OR. And you, you don't think about any of those repercussions after. You're like, hey, we're going out for a training day. We've done this before. Let's go have some fun and, and learn and grow. And couple hours in <laughs> you're going through the woods and then oops we're airborne and oh we're upside down so yeah that was a that was quite the experience but the team was able I mean that was a, a very special feat you talk about rally family and and everything we we had folks uh, Lee Parsons um, and and our, our one of our crew members who was also then became a competitor uh, Nolan Abel um, that's right yeah Nolan he ended up co-driving yeah. for the first time at that at uh, Tour yeah. Forest Sydney yeah, yeah. Yep, that was a very, I mean, it was insane. We had, we were, we were literally on the clock at that point, uh, five days to rebuild the car and then go race. Um, and you talk about not having time to process anything. I mean, Karen and I picked some glass out of our hands and forehead and, and uh, assessed the damage. We, we both, uh, you know, did very well. I was, I, <laughs> I remember it explicitly. I was, my only thing I was mad about was that I lost my in-car radio to radio our crew that, hey, we had an oops, um, and we could use some help. Uh, but, I mean, we did, it just went flying when the car went airborne and on its roof. And I was just really proud I didn't scream like a child in the microphone. <laughs> 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 Upside down. Actually, that was the first words out of my mouth. Karen's, like, literally one of the nicest people in the world. Um, and if you notice how we crashed, she protected the co-driver side. Kind of unheard of, I think, in a lot of aspects. Um, she could have turned the car to where I took most of the brunt, but it was her side. And uh, she's like, hey, are you okay? As we're upside down and, you know, the car's, you can tell it, you know, it, it's, you know, the motor finally shut off because they're not meant to run upside down. And uh, the first words out of my mouth, I'd literally just tighten myself further into my seat and said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just really proud of myself. I didn't scream. <laughs> you love it. Things, oh, like, that wasn't programmed in any way i was just literally processing it and you had so much adrenaline and you couldn't close your eyes like you go off you can feel it when you're off and we'd come through that corner 50 times in those two hours of practicing and i'm like oh shit like those are trees coming at us i wonder if one of those is going to go through the windshield and then oh you get light in the butt because you're now airborne mm-hmm. and uh yeah you just kind of ride through it and uh you know, we everybody got out safe, and for the most part, we were entirely fine. A little banged up and sore, but yeah, and the team just pulled off a, a legit to see that push. Yeah. Even if I had any doubts as a co-driver, at you know, this is going into my second event. You think something is going to shake you? It's when you go upside down really fast. Did it feel fast or slow? Did it feel like slow motion when you went into that? Or no, I mean, we were carrying speed, probably a good forty miles an hour. It nothing like slowed down in that aspect. It was just coming at you quick. You're just like, I guess that was the the medical side of me was kicking in. Like if something happens, I race with my trauma kit behind my seat, so I was just starting to think. If I if conscious, um, you know, what am I gonna do first? Depending on where we land and how bad it is, Uh, I was thinking ten steps ahead in that realm. Uh, like, oh, it's such a weird combination to go from, you know, co-driver to, oh, I got to go back to work in terms of like, not like physically <laughs> on Monday as well, but like, I may have to work here. I may have yeah. to work on my, 
you don't train for any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you also don't really train to work on your friends. Yep. That's a mm-hmm. really odd, unless you're in the military. I was going to say, there's one exception yeah. to that. And yep. uh, that would be Travis Neese, who was a, a medic in the military. Yep. So he, he definitely has had to deal with that. Yeah, and there's... And there's no other way in the civilian world that you really train for that. So that was, you know, for a fleeting moment, that was just weird. Like, okay, now it's time to use all that education and training if something goes wrong. But the rally gods had it that it was just us going upside down and replacing a couple doors and some glass. Everything else, you know, worked out perfect. Yeah, and that's what all that safety equipment's for, right? So exactly. It's his job. Yeah. Yep, we train, you know, because we were racing, even though it was uh, just a test day. I mean, you're out there ripping around. Mm-hmm. So, Anything helmet pong, and it's funny you mentioned that just because we saw a pretty bad wreck up at PFR uh, right before the night stages. Somebody went out testing, and uh, I don't think they were supposed to, but that's me not knowing the rules exactly. And they ended up, they were in the hospital for a while. So, that was also really interesting the process, you know, it gives you that fleeting moment to be like, hey, what are you doing here? This is pretty serious, you know? Are you sure you want to do this? Your wife's still okay with this? <laughs> you know, she, she processes it pretty well. Uh, I remember because you're, you, when you're training, you don't have reception either. You know, another one, a media challenge, but the reality of, you know, where you're at. So you roll, and then you spend time getting the car back up. And I remember the first call going, hey, I don't want you to freak out. And if you see this on social media somewhere, somewhere down the road, I mean, we, we had a we had a pretty big off today during training, but everybody's fine. And so, I mean, it just puts things in perspective, you know, make sure you say I love you to the folks that, that do love you and support you and, and don't let that go by because you never know what's going to happen when you get out and get serious and, you know, before a rally. So you said that you were you've been a fan of rally for the longest time and now you're in a car and you're doing something that you've been a fan of for for ages now i can relate to this because i've been a fan of rally for the longest time and when i was put in the co-driver's seat it was very difficult for me to separate being a professional professional attitude co-driver with the the thrill of doing what i've always wanted to do and how is it for you I, I think you phrase that really well. I mean, it sounds so cliche when you say, well, hey, how did you hear about Rally? Oh, I've been a fan for a long time. As much as that is, it's entirely true. It's so different to be part of it. I guess things have been going so fast for me now, ironically, that I don't even, I feel like I don't give it enough credit or even appreciate it. It's There's moments, though. I mean, Karen always reminds me. It sounds like I'm telling a damn story in the microphone when I should be trying to call notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's that excitement side coming through. Like, oh, I I can't just be 100% prim and proper. I mean, I take this very serious, but, like, there's that, holy shit, like, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, there's those that read about it, watch it. Right six into wahoo! (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. um, It's... That's, I guess, one of the unintended things of like being on this podcast. It for it's forcing me to actually slow down and appreciate some of the life experiences. Yeah, uh, I have. God, I haven't had that time yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I was talking to we. I was talking to Karen in a down period when we was on, when we were doing one of the podcasts with her, and I said I told her about this. You know, I said that, you know, I still have this incredible thrill that I'm doing 
what I've always wanted to do. And she said, she, she basically told me, she said, never lose sight of that. I think she's entirely correct. I mean, if there's somebody that has not refueled my passion for rally, because I, I think that's there, but like redirected it, so to speak. I mean, it's her. She she lives and breathes this stuff on very serious and competitive levels. And she is always so damn fun. And like mm -hmm. the better part about it, like something speaking to her ability and character as a not just a co-driver, not just a driver, as a team manager um, and organizer. I mean, she really juggles all of those aspects fluidly. It's baffling. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to do all of it as well as she does. Um, she's just so naturally talented at it. And, and more importantly, she's just so genuine. Like there is no, she doesn't like showboat. She doesn't put on a show for anybody. She is just real and genuine and passionate from the get go. Whether you're a fan, a competitor, a teammate, um, she's, organizer. she's just, she's yeah, exactly. Organizers. Yeah every aspect about it and she is so good about promoting this sport i mean that's one of the things i'm excited about with having them our own in-house media is being able to to share that to share that if we can tap into even 25 percent of that genuine passion we may have a fighting chance to really elevate the knowledge and appreciation of this motorsport to places that it just hasn't been here and i know that sounds lofty and i don't have any you know direct goals with any of that like but I'm just saying like that 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 is one of our our major hopes is just to be able to to tell the story of those folks that really make this sport what it is and make a difference um, and, and just to be able to share them you know you're here that's mm -hmm. what we try and do every time we do one of these podcasts yeah. or uh, yep. when I'm out there with ARA man it's all about getting those stories out there I think you guys do a phenomenal job with it. I, and to be honest, this was the first, I, I think I told you this when we first met Mike, that this was the first podcast I'd ever listened to in my adult life. Like actually not just like been aware of that. Yeah. First episode I ever listened to was, was open paddock. So it's, it's, as Karen says, it's kind of come full circle now that I, I get to, to be on it. It's a, it's a pretty big honor. Well, speaking of the media side, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, earlier about uh, melee, uh, doing their media stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So how did you meet Ryan Lund, who's been uh, your kind of your key guy behind the scenes of, of doing all that camera work and whatnot? That's been just awesome. Uh, you guys work well together. He He's really good at not just capturing great imagery uh, and, and trying to tell a story, but he's also really good at um, reaching out and grabbing stuff from other people to collaborate and put together uh, a nice piece of content. He is phenomenal. Ryan and I go way back to just general car enthusiast days. Um, our other shop car is, is something that he owns. It's a, a 2016 Fiesta ST, which has its very ironic roots to uh, to rally, and that's no coincidence. FISTs uh, are fun. Yep. They are a very well-developed uh, balance platform. We love them. And... Uh, you know, at the time I started the company, I was just wanting to do some more promotional work of my own shop car. And uh, I remember putting out an ad on an enthusiast page, and, and Ryan answered it saying, Hey, I, I do video work. Uh, I'm a recent graduate, got relevant degrees and all of this stuff anyway. I'd just love to do a car, a car shoot project with you. And 
fast forward, the company took off so damn fast, we never did that car shoot video. Um, <laughs> and I, awesome. no joke, uh, to this day, uh, we don't do much self-promotion at all. And I, again, I know that probably sounds cliche to some folks, but really that has never been our, our end goal. Um, and yeah, we uh, projects started coming up and I saw this great opportunity to, to use his skill set uh, and that we just became bonded. I mean, Ryan is my right-hand man, uh, not just behind Melee Media, but also behind the uh, the design company. He helps out and he wears many hats. Um, and there's just, he never quits. He doesn't falter when we're overloaded and backlogged, which we are from the holiday sales. Uh, you know, we're, we're a two-man operation right now, doing it all from design to manufacturing to, you know, processing and shipping to the marketing and product development we're doing at all, and he just keeps working harder and harder and one-upping himself, I think, in his quality and content. Like, his ability to do video work is, I'm obviously biased because he's on my team, but it, it <laughs> really, it has reached some some heights that we, we never thought we'd even get there this early. I mean, and we've got some pretty fun stuff planned for 2020 that'll that'll continue to prove that we're here to stay and our intent is pure, you know? Um, and we're, yeah, we're, we're really, a, we're reaching a, a more and more audience and learning as we go too to, to tailor that, that content to, you know, I think the bigger thing is just to appeal broadly to folks, try to figure out something, create something that appeals to a lot of folks, even if you absolutely hate it. If we can, you know, and I don't know if those folks really exist, but if we can try to capture some of that, and, and tap into their soul a little bit and show them, the, you know, the, what happens here and the, and the stories that and the trials and tribulations that folks go through to do this and pursue it, I think we'll, we'll be in a good place. It's funny. It's almost like I shared the show notes with you and you haven't even seen them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I ask is, uh... <laughs> oh, that was the beer talking. I don't know. Um... <laughs> and by the way, um, this um, Freem, uh, I think it's called, P-F-R-I-E-M, it's just having a nice light pilsner. Uh, didn't want something too heavy tonight, you know. And uh, Atta Hood River, quite delicious. Just thought I'd say that. I, I like it. We um, we actually have that same stuff uh, in the fridge. I'm drinking something uh, also local to us, Ecliptics, uh, Starburst IPA. It's delicious. <laughs> nice, nice. And Ian, you got something special too, don't you? Well, yeah, I'm pretty lucky because um, I I was uh, working with um, the uh, senior one of the senior vice presidents of the digital initiative at our company. I don't know what the hell that means, but they're a senior <laughs> vice president, and that makes the story sound really good. And I was I was I was helping her with some stuff, and we were it was, I was doing something, and we were just have we were just talking about stuff and. Uh, I was saying, oh, I could do with a beer after this. And she said, oh, my husband does homebrew. Oh. So ever since, she brings me her husband's homebrew. And I have been drinking, tonight I've been drinking a Tudor ale. It's based on recipes from like medieval England. So it's like a mead. It's a really, really nice beer. And uh, yeah, this is the advantages of uh, hobnobbing with um, senior management, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, we know where the weight distribution in the rally truck's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> that can be. Yeah, I, 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 I got to get in the, in the gym and start working that lot off, ready for the um, <laughs> ready for the forthcoming season. 
There so, oh, and that's a great segue. I know, that? right? Yeah, that was all so, planned out. <laughs> Mitch, what are your plans for the coming season? Do you ha- have you got anything you can tell us that for what you and Karen might be doing? Or, or, we have or... Some, yeah, we have some stuff on the chopping block. Um, speaking of like her wearing multiple hats, I mean, you know, managing the team and then also co-driving for Go Speed. Yeah, she, oh, yeah she, I don't. I honestly don't know how she does it all. That will be, you know, our our team schedule will kind of have to dovetail with all of that, which I'm okay with. We are considering Olympus and Oregon Trail is for sure at this point in our in our debates. Uh, also up on the debates is Rocky Mountain up in Canada as well as PFR again, and then of course Tour de Forest is confirmed as well uh, this year. There may be a few others. Uh, the, the interesting thing to speak about there without going sharing too much is that the Jankowski team has a road course car. And uh, I know Karen and I um, will be bringing that out uh, to some some road course races where I'll be uh, also driving. So. Oh. Hmm. So and now you've done the you said the autocross stuff and some hill climbs and whatnot. So uh, you've got, you got a little bit of driving experience. So it'll be nice to uh, maybe uh, stimulate that part again, huh? Yeah, I, I think it'll be good. I'm very comfortable on tarmac. I also have a, a fair amount of HPDE time, so I think I'll I'll have some fun there. Um, but really, it's not even about that. It's just about getting out and supporting the team. I think it's great team bonding when you do multiple driver events in a road course. Um, going to be doing some 24-hour races uh, if the schedules allow mm-hmm. so um should be should be pretty damn fun i mean it just goes to show just how dynamic jankowski motorsports is um and and I, that's what i love about it i mean it's just a cool time to be a part of a, a growing team like that well, tell us about, uh, I guess, the coming plans for Melee then. Uh, Melee Design Firm as well as uh, Melee Media. What can you tell you? Tell us on that front. Um, we've got a lot of new product. We just released some some cosmetic stuff, which is a weird change for us to go from solving some very specific engineering issues to uh, the engine bay pretty. But that has been very well received so far. So. We're probably going to dabble with that a little bit more and, and expand it into some other uh, manufacturer markets that we're in, um, as well as we've got a few new collaborative issues coming up. So like a very well-known name and rally, um, a nameless performance. So we'll be doing uh, some We fun love stuff our good friends them. up there. They're, they're good yep. people. Excellent. Jason and Steven um, mm-hmm. and Matt, all amazing folks, and we're excited to... Uh, to bring some fun things there and solve some problems. Um, we've been having some interesting chats over the last couple of weeks and really excited about that just because I think something in the, especially the performance aftermarket, a lot of companies don't collaborate. Everybody's realistically worried that somebody's going to steal some ideas as a lot of bigger companies have that, uh, that history. And that's one thing that we really like doing is challenging those norms. Um, and reaching out and letting folks do what they're really good at and uh, also figuring out where we can come in with our manufacturing knowledge and problem solving and and, uh, and collaborate. So that's going to be kind of cool. Melee Media has some projects with Dirtfish to be hammered out this year. Uh, we've already done a few media projects with them, and that will definitely continue pretty strong for 2020, given our ties to them. Um 
That was a big win. That was really cool to see you guys partner up with those guys. It's yeah, it's probably our single largest uh, accomplishment as far as you know. If you have any doubts from a small business standpoint, you know, being the owner and like, oh, is this meant to be? And we we landed that deal very early on um, with them. And talk about giving you just the right amount of fuel to push you to to design and push a little bit more is when Dirtfish signs on full-heartedly. It wasn't much of a debate. Um, it's like the stars aligned. They were they had a problem that needed to be solved. We could solve it, and we we've never looked back. And we're official school partners because of it, which is kind of a big deal um, from a personal and professional standpoint. I mean, they hadn't listed an official school partner in years and just what an honor to be there i mean really i can't wait to see what other things that we solve we've got some collaborative parts to uh to release with them as well which i'm really excited about we're definitely looking forward to uh 2020 and your first event which may be olympus then hoping that's that's the case we'll be there in one capacity or another um we're in chats now uh, with olympus to do media at a pretty big scale, so we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll be there in at least that capacity. Awesome. Well, for those few people that have not somehow gotten linked to Melee and whatnot uh, online, how do they best follow Melee Design for Melee Media and Mitch Meadows? Uh, at Instagram, it's at Melee, M-E-L-E, Design Firm. Uh, that is also our YouTube channel, Melee Design Firm, three words. Also, our business Facebook page. And if you want to check out the website, it's uh, MeleeDesignFirm.com. Uh, we kind of co- combine a lot of the, the, the co-driver athlete side into the company webpage for now. I think that in reality, that's not going to be uh, the case long term. The further I stay in the sport and grow. Um, and same for Melee Media. It's we, we've been a little bit behind and, and outdated in, in getting a, a fully functional website up, but uh, a lot of our work is definitely on our YouTube channel to show what we have done and who we've done it for. So please check those out if you are curious. Excellent. So um, you're going to be at uh, Oregon Trail? Oh, you better believe it. Excellent, because I'm actually coming out west to uh, compete in that. I'm going That's to be right. co Your first trip yeah. out west. First trip out west. I'm going to be co-driving with uh, AJ Rossiter in his oh, Bimmer. I know uh, him well. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, yep, I shall look forward to meeting you there for definite. Oh, we'll, we'll have a hoot, I promise. I'll bring the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I might bring some IVs for us. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh man, Mitch Meadows, uh, Melee Design Firm, Melee Media. Thank you for all you do for the sport. It, it, it's just been so exciting to see something new. Just get such huge involvement, such excitement. You guys are just awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this rally community. I appreciate your guys' time. This is this is quite the honor to just to sit down and, like I said, it forces me to kind of reflect on on the last crazy couple of years and and you know the last six months hell in the sport uh, at a completely different level. And it's just an honor to be here. And I appreciate what you guys do. It's uh, you make the difference. Really, we just gotta gotta share that even more. You know. I I, uh, I love what you guys do and stand for, and it's awesome to be here. I'm excited to see what 2020 
uh, holds for all of us. Again, you guys share so much great stuff. So everybody out there listening, make sure that you follow Melee because it, it, they they have their product. Yeah, it's awesome. And if that what product works for you, great. But you guys are just sharing all kinds of rally content, and we love it. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Well, have a good night, and uh, we'll see you at Oregon Trail or Olympus. Yep. See you guys there. See you then. Well, thank you again to Mitch Meadows of Melee Design Firm for being on the show. Well, we want to talk uh, a couple of other things that have been going on. Um, Ian, first of all, again, dude, it's so nice to have you back. Two episodes in a row without you being on. I mean, it. I, I was feeling a little lost. Well, I thought you was doing perfectly well without me, to be honest. But that, but then again, I did provide most of the questions for Martin Brady, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> that you did. That you did. Yeah. It, was, it was a huge help. Although Martin makes it kind of easy too, right? You uh, start yes. with one subject. Yeah. It's like, okay, go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was a great show. I enjoyed that one, and and Alex Kirani as well. They were they were really good shows. They enjoyed both of them. So so yeah, I mean, here we are. It is. Rally season is almost upon us again, isn't it? Because we have Missouri Ozark Rally coming up on January the 11th and Snowdrift. Snowdrift is January the 24th and 25th. So uh, rally season is back upon us. Yes, I'm very excited for the 2020 season. You know, um, uh, by the time this is posted, I've got a little kind of summary of the last decade for uh, Open Paddock. Um, Just you know, how things have transitioned and, you know, going on to this new decade. Uh, a lot of exciting things, you know, yeah. Okay. We got Missouri Ozark coming up uh, and that's exciting. Obviously Snowdrift coming up as well, but you know, everybody's been all up in arms about Subaru Motorsports USA and for goodness sakes, people calm the hell down. It's been frequent that Subaru doesn't reveal a lot of stuff till the last minute um, this is similar to how Ken Block does things. I must say from a media standpoint, it's a pain in the freaking ass. I get it, but it doesn't mean the end of the world. Yes. America's Rallycross ended. Yes, that happened, but that wasn't a hundred percent Subaru's thing. That was just ARX and not getting enough promotional dollars and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, what's going to happen with Subaru Motorsports USA? Well, they, said it pretty explicitly actually in that uh was it dominic wild um his article that had said you know had talked to uh bill stokes and and i'm hoping to get one of the guys on here uh from subaru so that way we can clear the air on this but you know they're gonna want to make it official when it's time to make it official but everything i'm hearing is that look they'll be here they'll be competing who's going to be driving it's all speculation right now you're right uh sounds like that uh Maybe David Higgins is done. Uh, Craig Drew has kind of said that. Okay, fine. They've had 10 years of, you know, David's got 10 championships and, you know, um, it's got eight of them uh, with Craig Drew and that's awesome. But there's other people that have been in that car before, right? You've got uh, Mm -hmm. where they've had the second car with uh, the drivers that have done their rally cross. So maybe that's their ideas. You know, let's get um, Atco back in his seat there, get uh, Travis Pastrana doing more rounds. Um, obviously, he's got his mm-hmm. Nitro Circus stuff, but maybe that's what we'll see is the Rallycross becomes Nitro Rallycross, and there's a full season of that. You know, it's all just speculation right now, but we do know the fact part that we know is that in some respect, at least, Subaru is still doing some contingency in that those that entered into, um, uh, into Snowdrift those first 10 Subarus or whatever, how they get that discount entry, 
they still got it. That wasn't paid for by the organizer. That was funded by Subaru. So there is a contingency of some sort at least coming, even if it's maybe just that. I think just people are just jumping the gun, trying mm-hmm. to take rumor yeah, and or these little nuggets of things and turning it into this whole big deal of Subaru's going to pull out or mm-hmm. they're going to do like they did in Canada, which is a total separate Subaru company, by the way. Subaru Canada is not affiliated with Subaru USA, uh, which in turn you know, communicates with Subaru giant corporate out of uh, Fuji Heavy, Heavy Industries or whatever out of Japan, but they're still separate and they've got different goals and things like that. So my thought, I think Subaru is going to have a car that's going to run all season, probably not Snowdrift. We haven't seen the entry in there. Subaru in general hasn't done Snowdrift a lot of times. If you actually look back in history, at least the last 10 years. So uh, granted, some of that was the split thing but they in general haven't done that event um so i would think that we'll see them for the entire season maybe minus uh snowdrift and maybe rotating drivers mm-hmm. if anything else <clears throat> i think it'd be definitely one car uh second car that's the part i think that's more the question but i think they'll definitely do one car the whole year and everybody stop getting your pan- panties in a bind mm-hmm. there you yeah go. yeah so yeah, stepping off <laughs> there you go yeah because i mean it's like 10 years of immense stability and everybody was like used to that and yeah you, you can understand why everybody's getting a little bit a lot bit worried but uh yep i'm i will bow to your greater knowledge on this one if you say there's nothing to worry about there's nothing to worry about you know our friends uh michael hooper with uh doing the missouri ozark rally right yeah he's got that charity thing that he's doing oh, he has so again yeah share yeah. that um on our web on our uh, facebook page and uh, maybe we should share it again but that's a really cool charity that whoever uh i guess wins the drawing for the donation thing ends up getting a co-drive mm-hmm. co-drive yeah i mean with hooper <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a ride man you gonna gonna need yeah gonna need 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 your reinforced underwear for that one because uh well that's <laughs> that's scaring people isn't it i mean because uh we all remember that famous bit of video with uh him and uh claudia at, where was that at uh, 100 acre wood uh no that was lspr last LSPR. Uh, two years ago yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know they, they're a hoot they you know he has so much fun and you know he's very fast. We know that Hooper is fast, and yeah, he's definitely going to be uh, quick on this one. So um, I think we looked, and I think there's only like eight entries or something like that. So hoping that uh, steps up a little bit uh, with a few more um, as we get closer to the date for uh, that event to run. I mean, it's just a, a single road back and forth, but that's a great thing for learning and testing uh, for anybody that uh, is going to be getting ready for the new season. Um, one last thing, then. As you know, we've I spent uh, last year following and, um, and to a certain certain extent um, competing with and against uh, Sarah McFadden, the uh, Irish, the visually impaired Irish co-driver. You remember that uh, every time I finished a race finished an event in one position she would match it in ireland and she ended up coming second in a couple of the irish championships over there as as co-driver even in the triton national championships in her class she was second 
she was second in the co-drivers championship with quite remarkable for quite a remarkable performance for somebody with her visual impairment so uh, she went to some more end of season award ceremonies she went to the uh, motorsport ireland champions of irish motorsport awards presentations and this is like one of the major 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 awards ceremonies in ireland and she was awarded clubman motorsport athlete of the year because she doesn't just compete in the car she also gives her own gives her spare time to help help disabled people people with the impairment like she has she she gets she lets them sit in the car i believe that they even she's even got a few she even got a few drivers to get together and give people with the impairment a ride in rally cars so that they could feel that visceral move being shook around in your seat thrown from left to right and all that and i've seen the pictures of these and the looks of joy on the faces of these the kids that had been taken for a spin in a rally car was like something else so that was a, a really cool award to win it's an it's extremely prestigious it's called the um jimmy millard clubman of the year award and there's a there's a lot of, lot of well-known Irish names in rally that are on that trophy. So uh, proud of her for that one. And uh, then on December the 8th, now bear in mind, she, Sarah, ha Sarah has a visual impairment. She's legally blind. On December the 8th, she went and drove a rally car. Drove. Drove. It was a special event. At, uh, it was a tarmac event, a circuit rally at Mondello Park in Dublin. And she drove in the RSA Mini Cup. And she finished ninth out of 10 in her class and 100th out of 115 overall. So she didn't even finish last. Wow. That's impressive. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out how that worked. I mean, I guess, you know, at least with rallying, you've got, you know, a co-driver that would sit there, right? And yeah, can she, maybe... She had a, a co-driver telling her as well. But, right, exactly. Uh, it's like, you know, counting down, but mm -hmm. the feel of, yeah. you know, the car turning and knowing where you are on the road just, it's mm -hmm. got to be just kind of so alien, yet at the same time, her being a co-driver yeah. kind of already knows that a little bit, right? Like, you say a distance of 50, and I bet she mentally kind of counts down. I guess the hard part would be is... Well, even even that, she might she even know like you know third gear and the countdown approximately. You know, if it's a car to similar to what she was used to, and being able to kind of figure those basics out. So I guess I can, I can see that. But wow, that is that is something. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, she's she's an amazing young lady. So uh, been it's been great to follow her through the year, and uh, I'm hoping that I'll uh, be able to follow her next year but uh, dad's retiring keith is retiring from driving so she needs to get uh, co-drives in ireland so she's looking for new cars and new drivers and uh, spreading the word about you know about you don't you don't you don't have to be you know you, you can be you can have a disability but that shouldn't stop you from taking part in things you know here, am here. i talking rubbish yeah. you know <laughs> no, not at all. I think that's great, you know, and uh, taking that something that, yeah, I mean, that's that is an amazing disability to overcome.
and uh, she's turning that into something that's created quite the adventure for her and and her dad and and now uh potentially other opportunities well and and she's done pretty well with it so you know it's talked about uh, well you and mitch were talking about how uh how difficult it is to be able to you know feel the corners by the seat mm -hmm. of your pants but you can imagine yeah. someone like her that sense is probably better yeah than yours ever will be mm-hmm yeah. So in some ways, she might have an advantage. She's exactly. Yeah. I, I, I will. I will have to have words with her about this. I'll tell you, you do have an advantage over some of us. But uh, yeah. Well, we look forward to uh, following what happens for Sarah in 2020. Hope uh, a, a ride comes along for her. Indeed. Yep. Well, I guess that wraps up this episode of the Open Paddock Rallycast, the first of 2020. Wow, man! Like I said, it's uh, a new year, a new decade. And we're hoping that so many of you follow us that our downloads explode. How about that? <laughs> so remember, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a brief comment. And even better than that, tell a friend to listen to. As always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, for Ian Holmes and for Mitch Meadows. Let me try that again. And for Mitch Meadows of Melee Design Firm. Remember to keep it shiny side up and don't cut. Ooh.